the Mini Break, your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, February 7th. I am amped for today's show as we not only get to preview a jam-packed week of action on the ATP and WTA tours, but we get to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Mini Break Podcast as joining me today for the first time here in 2023 for our first of many Many editions of Tennis Point Tuesday here on this mini break podcast is my dear friend from Tennis Point, Nate Walrith. Nate, welcome back to the show. West off, give me some boo, 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 sound effects. You are back. It is good to see you. How are you doing, my friend? Fantastic, my man. Talking with the voice of the Cleveland Challenger. It's uh, <laughs> awesome to watch you do your thing, bro. I know you're living out your dream, so I'm a fan. I'm a friend, obviously, but... Uh, no, it's been a it's been a crazy start to the year. I'm happy to be back on the show making the 23 debut. You're looking this it's a new year, but you're looking as as handsome as ever, my guy. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and that makes you the perfect person to ask this question to. I will be flying to Seattle tomorrow for the Division One Women's National Indoor Championships. I am still rocking a beard that our listeners can't see. The reason I'm doing that, I think on Thursday, the practice day, when all the teams are just hanging out and it's a relaxing day, I'm going to show up with a goatee. What do you think? Rock the goatee, dude. That, that, that'll just give the fans something to talk about, man. That's what I'm saying. Just to throw everyone off, be like, "What? What's happening?" And then obviously I'll clean shave for Friday. But just like to get the ten seconds of enjoyment, yeah. I think it would be worth it. Well worth well, the the, uh, the reactions for sure, man. I mean, I won't be able to get to either one of those events, which I'm big bummed about. Um, wanted to get to each Seattle and Chicago indoors, so you're gonna have to do what you always do and make me feel like I'm at the event. Um, definitely tag tennis points some clips because I know the action you guys have been getting around the uh, college tennis world has been amazing. I mean, the promotion you guys have been doing is something that uh, makes me very proud of our partnership. And I just know you guys are doing it, doing your best to, to grow this game. And I think that's just awesome to see. And um, no, I'm just I'm hyped to see what you guys have been able to take this whole thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the ride for the long haul, baby. Well, this is why I missed you because I'm already blushing. We're three minutes in, and for what it's worth, we are going to have a tennis point shot of the day for each and every day at the National Indoors. And yeah, we are so excited to be able to broadcast not just this weekend's action, Friday through Monday, Division One women's event, but we have the men's event the following Friday through Monday as well in Chicago. Going to be a ton of great college tennis action over the course where, of the next two weeks. Where does this rank on your list during the throughout the whole year of events that you get most hyped about like if you had great to rate question this- great question from you nate i would rank this number one because Ooh. the ncaa tournament is of course the fin- grand finale and the ncaa tournament is always a delight because you're competing for a national championship Bang for your buck, though, pound for pound, start to finish. These are the best four days on the college tennis schedule because you have top 16 teams all guaranteed three matches. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have eight matches of top 16 battles throughout the course of the day. And if you can't get excited for three days of 24 hours of tennis, I don't know what to tell you as a college tennis fan. In the NCAA tournament, teams get eliminated. That doesn't happen at the National Indoors. So again, it's that bang for the buck 
aspect. And then you're still competing for a national championship. It's the first inflection point of the season. Let's roll the balls out. Who's good? Who's not? Let's find out at this event. That's why we're so thrilled to play a part of it. That's why we are obviously so excited to be speaking with. I'm going to try for all 16. I think we're going to end up getting there. All 16 head coaches I've sp- I'm going to try to speak with over on our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. So if you're looking for a preview of that event, go check that out. But this is number one for me in the college tennis season. Yeah, this that these hurts two me weekends a little bit. Up. Just that hurts me just because I know I can't be there this year. Uh, it was definitely it's a little conflicting with the schedule. My sister is getting married, so I guess Mazel that's a, a, a valid excuse. But no, I mean this was I know you've hyped this up the last year. We talked about it. Um, there's go crush it out there. Good luck, and I'm uh, you know I'll be tuned in. Well, let me ask you this: UNC women have won it three years in a row. Are you picking them to do it a fourth time? I got to see those girls in San Diego, and they just the the chemistry and the camaraderie that 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 squad has, the talent is obviously there. I I will not bet against that Tar Heel team. For what it's worth, I've called the national indoors the last three years. The Tar Heels have won it the last three years. So just saying, just throwing that out there for Tar Heel fans and people who think about those sorts of things. Men's side, you want to give me a pick? Real quick shout out to uh, John Parsons. I listened to his interview with Fiona Crowley. I think that was one of my favorite interviews that I've listened to in a while just with a college player. I, I thought he crushed that. And she's very delightful to listen to. On the men's side, I will say, give me the Buckeyes. I mean, that team is so damn deep right now. I mean, I thought losing Vossel last year, I thought they may have a slight drop off, but their guys just develop at a different rate than the rest of the, the college programs it seems like i mean tell me if i'm wrong but i mean that team is just as deep and uh talented as 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 you'll see in college tennis and i mean they sit cannon kingsley against texas and they still take out a a very good longhorn team 4-0 it's a joke and uh, what ty tucker has over there is, is is something serious this year yeah very well said not to be this guy I was the one who interviewed Fiona Crawley, not John Parsons. For what it's worth, just for what it's worth. So if listeners want to hear that interview, they can go Wait, hear it the, on the Correct Interviews not the podcast no ad, feed. Was it not the No Ad podcast? I don't think Jay's interviewed a player yet. I'm, I'm fairly certain he has. Wow, wow, wow. I th- it, what, it, maybe he just talks about her a lot. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's on me. That's on me. It, the one when she... Wow, I, I'm because I, I listened to that whole thing. I, that's no, that's look, on me. Excellent. Again, Jay does a fantastic no ad, no problem podcast, and I highly recommend it to any college tennis fans or just tennis fans who want to get into the college. Was, team. Obviously, we have right, him every right. week. Crawley did an interview with a, with a female who I can't remember who who did it, but Perry Shinen. That's yeah. probably who it was. Yes, that's yes. who I would imagine she wanted. Anyways, that's irrelevant. And Perry, by the way, going to be calling the national indoors with me this weekend. Really excited to work with her. Super relevant. Yeah. Uh, The point is, a lot of great college tennis coming up. We have a preview of all of it over on our website. That's how you say that word in English, crackedrackets.com. So be sure to go check that out. We'll have, again, coverage from first ball to last starting Friday, I believe, 12 p.m. Eastern time over on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. But with all that said... We did not come here to talk college tennis. We want to preview the week ahead in the pro tennis world. We've got five ATP WTA events to monitor throughout the course of the week. Of course, the reason we're able to do that day in, day out here on this show is because of the support we get from you, Nate, and our friends at Tennis Point. Again, it's been four years now. This show, daily show, 
the only reason we're able to find the time, find the resources to put this show forward is because you guys have been with us from the start. And you guys support tennis players everywhere by providing the best equipment at the lowest prices. Go to tennis-point.com today. Use our promo code CR15 when you do inevitably make a purchase. And with that theme in mind, Nate, tell me what's up. What's going on at Tennis Point? So, yeah, just got done uh, doing some playtesting the last week or two with the Wilson shift, the latest racket from the Wilson family, a predominantly spin stick, new, a brand new model, a brand new line uh, to the, the tr- like the legacy lineage of rackets from Wilson. And I'm not traditionally a fan of the Wilson frames. I will say that um, just my, for myself, personal preference. Um, but this is my favorite Wilson stick to date. I like the new V4 ultra. That's a great stick as like, it's like especially when it comes to other Wilson rackets, I think that's that was my favorite. But the Wilson shift just got done toppling some forehands with it, and I was very impressed with how clean I was striking the ball on that. So to your point, there are two types of people in the world, people who want to play with a Wilson and liars. And the reason I say that is because you look phenomenal with a Wilson racket in your hand. It's always a clean paint job. Again, something about the structure of the frame. It just looks professional. You got to be good to wield the stick, though. They can be a little bit heavier. You got to make better contact points. It's a little less forgiving, in my opinion. But when you do make good contact, boy, is that ball smooth. So that's, I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. And the Wilson, this the way the weight is distributed, it's a little bit more forgiving. I was out there with a 315 gram, 18 by 20 string pattern, um, Wilson shift. And that ball, I mean, I don't know if those of you guys that are really into the gear, but that is just a very plush, good plow through, easy to get around the ball, easy to get over the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just a clean stick. And I, I think that'll do very well in the market is they hadn't, Wilson hadn't really had a racket that could compete with the uh, Pure Arrows, the V-Core, the Head Extreme. And now they have that staple stick that's a performance racket that is going to be a dominant stick, in the, I think, in the performance market. And, um, yeah, you got that launching. And then the Wilson uh, Pro Staff V14, or the Wilson Pro Staff X, as they're calling it, is another one that's going to be coming out soon that I'm super excited is it's going to be the new Pro Staff with the 100-square-inch frame, something they haven't done ever with the Pro Staff. So a lot of cool stuff from Wilson. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the two big things. right? Oh, and then the uh, the Babolat Pure Drive 98, an exclusive model only at Tennis Point. Uh for those of you guys that are pure drive fans, I was never able to control the hundred the hundred square inch frame pure drive, just was sending balls to the curtain on the regular. But the ninety eight square inch frame, much better feel, much more control, way more stable eye contact. You can feel like the ball is not you're not trampling the ball to the curtain. I've that's just a big improvement there, and it's got the blood diamond grommet, so pretty cool additions to the racket mix. I think that's the uh, the latest and greatest from Tennis Point. That's what I love to hear. Can I give one to you? Let's get. It. So I recently had to get my rackets restrung, and I apologize to the pro shop at IRC Dean because my rackets have been sitting there for like three weeks. And (laughs) I have a couple demos I took from the store, which I'm greatly appreciative for. One of those demos is a Yonix Yonix V-Core. And let me just say this. We've got you pronouncing Yonix the correct way. Man, we've really done our job over here, I guess. Well, I just hear Dave in my head constantly saying it's actually Yonix. Um, and so, yeah. I, and I tell all of my friends, I go, Yonix, actually Yonix. And then they go, really? And I'm like, yes, trust me, it is. Um, but Dude, we're not going to get into this argument. How right? good is that B-Core? Well, so I'm glad you bring that up, even though I brought it up. When <laughs> I was a freshman in college, obviously you're on a 
or not obviously, but I was fortunate enough to be on a dining plan with the dining hall. And, you know, at the University of Michigan, there are various dining halls. And depending on where you go, you know, the chocolate chip cookies would always differ in texture. So sometimes you'd go to, I would always say the central campus dining halls where they didn't have to work as hard because they're, you know, again, it's central campus, everyone's there. And they would just overcook those cookies. And they're crunchy and like, there's no softness. It's not melting in your mouth. It's just not a good chocolate chip cookie. Then on the flip side, there would be the days where they put it in the oven. Two minutes later, they take it out and it's just this ball of goo. But then sometimes, and particularly on North Campus, they would reward you. And the cookies would be in there for the perfect amount of time. And they would maintain their structural integrity. And yet they'd still have that gooey, melty inside that makes a chocolate chip cookie exceptional. That's a Yonix V-Core. It is actually the perfect cookie where you feel like you have the free swing that I think people often associate with a Bablot racket, yet you still have the exterior structure and texture that you feel like comes with a Wilson, a head, in my day, a print stick. I actually think the V-Core might be perfect. Dude, it's unfair. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've been on the show since that V-Core 23 has made its real debut. Um, I think... Tommy Paul and Shapovalov are probably the faces of it now. I mean, what a big change for Tommy to go from the blade to now go to a like a, a control frame to now go into a spin dominant stick in the V core. I mean, that thing is the the two point seven percent or whatever they're saying, just the, the more narrow frame that they kind of put into this new model makes all the difference. I did not like the last V core model at all, but this new V core is the real deal. I I'm play testing that thing. I was like, I will be leaving probably the Pure Arrow family soon and <laughs> V core twenty three. I mean, that thing is ridiculous. I'm not ready to switch, although my graphites don't have a lot of legs left in them. But I think if I ever did and if they became a sponsor of this show – and by the way, is my cookie analogy fair? It does feel Dude, like it's the perfect cookie. That's facts, bro. The, the V-Core Plus 98 square inch frame is calling my name, man. It's, it does everything I need it to do, and I got enough control, and I, I can maneuver it well enough at the net. It's That thing is butter. Do you have a hitting partner in your life who's your just like soulmate when it comes to when you two hit? You're just like, this is what I'm looking for on the tennis court. You got to have that person in your life. man. Yeah. Who's that person for you? Well, shout out. I'll shout out Danny James, the best backboard in the business, a GLBC first teamer. Uh, the kid's a stud. Just doesn't miss a ball. I don't even have to say anything. He's just never going to overhit. Just good. Ball's going to land at the baseline and I get to tee off and the ball's always coming back. So I have a couple people like that in my life. The number one for me, I'm sorry to the others who I'm going to slight here, but it's Blake Ahadi, my college roommate, club tennis treasurer when I was president, dearest friend. And whenever yeah. we're in Ann Arbor, we try to hit. And shout out to Audra Cohen, head coach of the Oklahoma women. They closed the VTC, and I was like, I bet they're closing it so Oklahoma's practicing. And and I called her, and she's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And I was like, oh, I know you're not going to use all eight courts. Can my buddy and I come hit next to your practice? And she's like, yeah, that's fine with me. And so shout out to Audra for allowing us to do that. I played with the V-Core, and I swear we're moving on after this, listeners, but I played with the V-Core. I've never beaten Blake so badly in his like in our lifetimes. And he was like, dude, what is going on? I was like, I'm telling you, man, this racket is – I was like, try it. I was like, just trust me. Um, and he was like, oh, this is really nice. And so I get it. I just – I see why it's emerging. It's, no, it's ridiculous. Like the smallest tweaks that they made actually makes a difference. Usually I'm a bit skeptical of these little technological advancements that they kind of, kind of call it. They all put these fancy names on it, but – yeah, I cannot recommend that stick enough. I think you're spot on. That's a big time take for you. 
Yeah, We're exactly. Be, I'm clipping this and putting it on Tennis Point USA. I'm nobody. telling you, Yonix, call me. Because not only do I pronounce you correctly, but I just <laughs> gave you your marketing campaign. Like, that cookie campaign is it. Like, there it is. That's my gift to you. I told that to Westuff, by the way, the other day in the car after I used it. And he goes, dude, tell that to Dalton. Because he'll be able to actually convince them with that analogy. So you're right. Cut the clip. Um, yeah, I'll make a little note there for Westoff. The cookie analogy makes its appearance. Um, yeah, again, it's a really good racket. And all these rackets and so much more available at tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15 upon purchase. All right. Five events, five minutes each, Nate. Let's run through all the action we have on the ATP and WTA tours this week. Let's start on the women's side of things as we do have a 500-level event in Abu Dhabi and countless top 25 players in the world competing at this event. Certainly the big names, Kasatkina, Benchich, the number one and two seeds. You have world number 10, Elena Rabakina, who of course was not number 10 when this draw came out. As such, Rabakina enters this event currently unseeded. Uh, excuse me, the number three seed. Nope, I was completely wrong, but leave it in. She's the three seed in the draw. I thought I saw her unseeded. I forget who that happened to. Anyways, three seed, leave it in. Kudermatova, number 11 in the world. She's in this event, your other top 25 players, Ostapenko, Haddad Maya, Samsonova, Pliskova. You also had three already eliminated in Jung Shui, Trevisan, and Boshkova. But again, right off the bat, Nate, you see 11 top 25 players in this Abu Dhabi draw, 15 of the top 30 in action as well. Give me one player who intrigues you most who you'll be watching this week. Oh, that's a good question. So I was looking at this. This is there's just some juicy matchups in the first rounds here. That's um, crazy. And by the way, we had a Bedosa Samsonova matchup that was with uh, Sam, uh, Bedosa, unfortunately, withdraws with injury. So Claire Lou replaces her. And by the way, that Claire Lou Samsonova match ends up going three sets the way of Samsonova, but it was still very good. Uh, I, I also took Shelby this morning, and she had a big win over Layla Fernandez. But I would say the player that interests me the most as far as they're liking their draw and just. I just trust Kudermatova at this point in her career. I really like what she brings to the table on every match. She's going to bring the intensity. Her ball striking is always uh, elite. She gets on her front foot so well. She's got the athleticism to cover court, to just play some defense and find the ball, getting it back, getting points back to neutral, and then eventually getting back on the offensive side of things. I like the matchup against Mertans, and then taking on a uh, either Krichikova or Samsonova, it's, that could be a tricky matchup, but I just think, Kudermatova is so solid on both wings and great, I mean, solid returner of serve and the serve is there as well. But I mean, this draw is loaded. I mean, Ostapenko starting to find her footing again. Uh, that's another fun, fun draw for her. But yeah, I'll, I'll say Veronica Kudermatova. And then Haddad Maya has always been, I mean, she's just been, she's not resorted back to the, to the, the mean at all after really kind of breaking out on the tour. It seems like a, a year and a half, two years ago where she seemed to really kind of put her foot down as a top player in the world. So, um, yeah, I think those are the two names that I'm, I'm watching most closely. So two things for you off of that. Three things I should say. First is this is why our listeners love you because you're not going to get too many. Kuder Matova is the lead to take. That's what you get when Nate Walrith comes on the show. Where does Kuder Matova rank amongst top 50 players hold percentage? Where does her serve rank? Give me uh, – this is a complete guess. that did not do the research on this. I'm going to say six. This is why you are who you are. She ranks sixth in hold percentage amongst top oh. 50 players on the WTA Tour. She's an elite server, and she's done it 
for about two and a half years now consecutively. And last year, obviously, she was, I think, third on the WTA Tour in total quarterfinals. You know, again, if you don't have a weapon to throw her off pace, because she is a little streaky as a returner, and she's bottom sure. 10 amongst top 50 players, but that's the luxury you're afforded bottom when you have 10? the first serve. Yeah, you look for her by break percentage. Veronica Kudermatova currently ranks, I believe, yeah, 42nd amongst top 50 up. players. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, if you do the math with how well she holds serve, she's still winning mathematically on that hold, aggressive on the break serve, trade-off. Look, Krejcikova's playing really well. And Samsonova, though, has weapons that I think can hit Kudermatova off the spot. But this is a big stretch for Kudermatova because she just has points to defend in all portions of the calendar. And so, again, unless she has one or two marquee results that sort of take pressure off her, she kind of has to play a continue, you know, a continually rigu- rigorous schedule to sustain her top 15 spot because she did a lot of winning, but maybe no marquee winning last season. That's an interesting player to highlight. Haddad Maya, last 52 weeks, Haddad Maya ranks second amongst WTA players. Trades Trails only Iga in terms of total wins on the WTA Tour. Trails only Iga. Got through three sets over Bozhkova, found her rhythm. She's going to have a similar type of matchup in the grinder. Putenseva in round two after Putenseva knocks out Andrescu in a straight set round one win. Look, those are two names who were wondering, and I think that's two names you circle. They're kind of in that Shapovalov, Demonauer camp on the women's side where you're just like, all right, is this your ceiling? Is there more here? You know, where do you fit in this ever-changing hierarchy moving forward? Those are two good names. For what it's worth, your favorite right now, according to Tennis Abstract, Belinda Bencic, 20% chance of winning the title, then Rabakina, 14%, Samsonova, 8.3%, then you get up to Kasakina, 7.4%. Give me your predictions, Nate. Finals, title, who you got? In the finals, I will take – I'm going to have to ride with – I know it's bold, but I'm going to ride with Kudamatova out of the top half, and I'm going to take – yeah, it's hard to go against Benchich. I just feel like she's just been so steady. Um, I, I think that'll be a fun matchup. I'm going to predict she plays Haddad Maya, takes her out, and then we, I'll take I'll take Kudermatova over Benchich in the final. All right. Many break listeners know my fondness for Belinda Benchich. I think outside of the slam, she played her best tennis in the 2022 season of her career. Obviously makes a second week to kick off 2023. I mean... But look, Rabakina has the sort of weapons that just gives Benchich problems. And you look at Benchich's section of the draw. Marta Kostyuk is playing her best tennis again. That's not an easy round one. And ben- uh, Kostyuk has that sort of athleticism to at least absorb the first strike of Benchich, dish some aggression out on her own. After that, it would be the winner of Rogers Conteve. That is not an easy third round. Then you'd face a potential Rabakina Haddad Maya. You know, you certainly want to be in the top half of this draw, though then you look at the top half, Jung Chin Wen, who we haven't talked about. Is she look you know, she's looking to bounce back after a disappointing Australian. This is still a low hanging fruit section for her. Ostapanko, ton of points to defend in the Middle East. She gets a really good three set win over Collins in round one. <sighs> And, yeah, that's a good I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Samsonova Rabakina and stick with the theme of power tennis. 
No, I'm going to go Samsonova, Rabakina. Stick with the theme of power tennis. I'll take Rabakina to win the title and just further assert herself as an unequivocal tier one player moving forward. But this is the best draw of the week. Any event around the world, if you're going to follow one thing, try and follow Abu Dhabi, even though from a time zone perspective, it may be the most difficult. With that said, let's move on to the ATP side of things now. I know we have an event in Dallas. I do think the best event, though, is happening in Montpellier, as you've got two top ten, te- uh, two top ten players. Excuse me, two top fifteen players. Though in my head, Yannick Sinner is a top ten player, but still, you've got Holger Runa, your number one seed. Runa currently checking in at number nine in the rankings. Actually, Sinner's number seventeen in the rankings, but he's your second seed. Uh, your other top guys in action, Borna Chorich, RBA, the three and four, Davidovich Fokina, uh, Bublik, Rusevori, Benjamin Bonzi, rounding out your seeds. Nate, what appeals to you most in this draw? I would say this, this, is, a, this is another loaded draw for a 250 event. Um, I think I'm looking for Cressy to kind of continue to build on what he, what he showed last year uh, at this event. I think Cressy has a very favorable draw. I think, um, especially where he's uh, seated, I think he takes. I think he can take out Rusevori, and then that, a matchup that could see him and George face off excites me. Um, so I'm looking for Cressy, and then Holger. Is Holger going to really solidify himself this year? Is a staple in the top ten rankings, and I think I, I certainly think he has the goods to do so. Uh, he just he stack enough weeks and titles together to to kind of be a force throughout the year, and I think this kid is is legit and just another teenager. He's still 19, isn't he? Yeah, nineteen. I just another teenager that you're, we're going to be excited about for a long time. So I look for Cressy and Holger as kind of two guys I have circled on this draw. But um, yeah, center of seventeen is just surprising to see him drop that low with kind of what we saw him produce at the U.S. Open. Well, I think that's the story for this week in France. I think it's time for Yannick Sinner to make that move. And, you know, Sinner gets injured in his Adelaide match against Sebi Korda. And so that second set just wasn't his best showing. And you weren't sure what his form would be heading into the Australian Open. And then, of course, he plays a phenomenal match against Stefano Tsitsipas in the round of 16. And, you know, the level of tennis in that one, as good as just about anything we saw from anyone not named Djokovic throughout the course of the event. And that's the second straight slam. He loses to Al. Alcaraz at the U.S. Open, he has match points. He loses to Tsitsipas in five. He, you know, Tsitsipas goes on to make the final. Sinner's right there. And you look for Sinner, who's 41-7 and seven against opponents ranked outside the top 20 over the last year. He beats who he's supposed to beat. Now, look, there are some frisky guys in this matchup, uh, in this section of the draw. Benjamin Bonesy is a really tough out. Even right away, he's taken on a guy in Marton Fucevic, who has always played Sinner tough, did so at the Australian Open this year. I just think this is where Sinner cruises. I think he looked really good and healthy at the Australian Open. And I just think this is the year where he gets back to the top 10 and he doesn't leave for the rest of his prime. What What is it with Sinner that you're like looking for him to kind of solidify like and really put, that, put the clamps down as a top 10 player? Honest to God, it's health. He's just not been healthy for three months consecutively. And then the other thing, look, he's really good against opponents who don't have a weapon to throw him off the track. You look for him again in his, the past year over the top 20, he's 4-10. and 10. Like, you look at the guys who have beaten him, Zverev, C- uh, excuse me, Rublev, Tsitsipas, FAA, they have weapons to hit him off his spot to get him stretched. And look, he's played all those matches very tight. He's got to get over the finish line. 
And in order to put himself in a position to be in those matches, these are the sorts of events, this 250 this week in Montpellier, where he's got to do some dominating. And I want to see Sinner hit that gear because I still do think he is one of the guys that will define this next generation. And I would love to see a rematch between he and Runa. They played a fun three-setter in Sofia at the end of last year. I think that's the biggest storyline is I want to see those two take care of business as they should. And like, again, if they're the guys moving forward, they'll both get to the final. True. True. No, that's, that's fair. I center. I like center a lot. It's just like, I, I want him to like show some more on court aggression, like kind of get into it a little bit more, show some more emotion and kind of stay fired up. And I think if he's able to show that I'll, I'll find myself on the center wagon pretty, pretty uh, hard here, but I mean, his, his draw is in the bottom half in general. I feel like it's pretty favorable, favorable for him. I don't see many matches where I would not take him in straight sets if I'm a, a betting man. Yeah, well said. Well, you know, again, it'll be interesting though. How healthy is Chorich? Obviously, physically, he can just pose questions to any player that he faces. We're indoors, so to your point, guys like Cressy, Rinder Kanesh, Ugo Mbear, the big weapons they possess. Uh, possess. Mark Andrea Husler, by the way, that's a tough matchup for Runa. Hoosler wins a title at the end of last year. Obviously, the big lefty going to give anyone problems. And I think Hoosler beat Runa in that final for the title at the end yep. of last year. So, you know, again, you keep your eye on that one. Rune just dr- drilled Cressy in uh, the Aussie Open, too. That was mm-hmm. that surprised me a little bit, just how easily he was able to break, after, even after getting broken back. And, I, yeah, I guess that's that's going to be a tough, tough task for him. Absolutely. And, you know, again— Rusevori, I want to see him bounce back. He's a guy I always have my eye on. Davidovich Fokina, his best is still really good, but we never know when we're going to see that best. Look, it's going to be a fun event, so I ask you, finals, title winner, who you got? If you're going to tell me center's healthy, I'll, I'll take center to the final just because that bottom half is just seems very favorable for, for what center likes to do well. I don't see anybody knocking him off his pivot there. Well said. It's from a weapons perspective. All the matchups look pretty good. Although, shout out, by the way, to former University of Washington All-American Clement Sheedek. Played a really fun three-set match with Quentin ticket today. Carry on. And then out of the top, I mean, just hard not to like like what you've seen from Holger. Just He doesn't see he doesn't have bad matches anymore. I mean, now that he's able, he, he figured out how to keep his body um, – right for a full match and doesn't seem to cramp up anymore and really the fatigue is uh seem to have gone away so he's what once once the physicality of his game matched his talent level and what he's able to do from a just ball striking uh point of view i mean i'll take holger in center pretty uh by, by the books there one versus two seed and i will take holger with a little bit more variety over center in the final i just think he's got some he's got, he's got the weapons to keep center guessing a little bit and I think he's gonna. He's got a little bit more variety with a, a drop shot, and just we saw him mix it up. I mean, it didn't work out in his favor in the end against Rublev, but not playing his best tennis, he was still able to cause plenty of problems and have a, a real look at a at a match uh, win there. So I'll take I'll take Holger over Sinner in the final. I'm rooting for it as well. I'll take a Sinner Runa final. I'll take Sinner over Holger for what it's worth. Holger 30.4 percent according to the Tennis Abstract likelihood of winning. Sinner 26.5. So Holger is the favorite as of right now. Let's move on though to our next event, the ATP action happening in Dallas. If you like American men's tennis, this is the event for you. Fritz, Tiafo, Isner, Wolf. 
you know, you've got guys like Jack Sock, who earns a really impressive three-set win over Ilya Vashka, and he is fit as a fiddle to start this 2023 season working with our dear friend Nick Monroe. Now you've got guys like Stevie Johnson, Dennis Kudla, Brandon Holt, Michael Moe, of course. On the flip side, you've got Wooey Bing, who I'm telling you, keep your eye on. Nate, this guy is the real deal into the top 100 for the first time in his career is the junior U.S. Open champion. He's 27-5 and at the challenger level over the last year, has pretty much no points to defend till the start of May. Of course, Chris Eubanks into a main draw of an ATP event for the first time in his career based on his ranking alone. Marcos Garon in this event too. Former USC All-American Emilio Gomez feels like he deserves a shout out. Former TCU All-American Alex Rybakov, friend of the show. I don't think I mentioned UCLA, NCAA singles and doubles champion Mackie McDonald. That's every player, Nate. Who are you watching for? Give me your picks. First off, another uh, shout-out to the V-Corps. Jack Sock, who's been a longtime face of the Babel Up Here Arrow line, changes it up, goes to the V-Corps, which I was surprised to see this year. But Sock, uh, just uh, happy for him to take out a vodka. That's a, that's a big win for him. Mm-hmm. Coming off a tough loss against uh, the youngster uh, Mickelson in Cleveland. And for uh, what it's worth, Sock right now, 139 in the ATP rankings. If he wins the title this week, he will jump all the way back up to number 83. Don't expect him to win the title, but I like yeah. the shout out there. Yeah, just That's for t- what it's worth. For what it's worth. <laughs> what am I watching for, though? I mean, Shepovalov, who had a, a tricky start to his 2022, I ended up kind of getting riding the ship towards the end there and showing flashes of of what he's able to do so well, which is just a, a great shot. call. He's been a lot better of late. Yeah, he just really it, it turned on a dime. It really seemed like, I mean, Wolf whooped him up pretty good. I forget what event that was. I think it was some point last year. And I was wondering if Shapovalov was like Washington for the record. Okay, and I was yeah, yeah, and I was wondering if Shapovalov had kind of lost um, whether it was some focus or just kind of lost confidence. But he quickly kind of gathered himself down the back back half. Just and, uh, quickly, since Cincinnati last year, Shapovalov twenty one and eleven overall. And the losses are to good players: Medvedev, Djokovic, Hurkacz, Fritz. Like you know, again, I I very much agree with you. Carry on. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Shapovalov can kind of continue to continue to string together good matches, but I think he's I think he's just a load to handle, uh, especially given the conditions down there and being indoors. Um, favorable draw for him. I expect him to play Fritz in that quarterfinal. That should be electric. I mean, Let me just, just say shoot. though, Shapo versus Bing Wu or Michael Mo, those are all IMG guys. They all know each other well. That those will be fun match. Like regardless of what the matchup is, that's going to be fun. No, I, I'm like, this draw just excites me almost across the board. I mean, I'm uh, shout out to Mark Stein, big NBA guy who is spending time down there watching these guys. Uh, he's, I know he's hyped up for this one, but give me Shapovalov against Fritz. I, I gotta take, I'll take Fritz in that. I guess I, I, that's a tough one for me to pick. I, but I'll go so out of the top half, I'll take Fritz in the final. Uh, that's just Fritz kind of home cooking in back back in the U.S. and then. Tiafo, who's uh, just seems like he's he's. I want I want to see Tiafo kind of solidify himself as a top fifteen guy, and I think he I think he has the talent, has the weapons to do it. He's definitely a good enough athlete to do it. He's got a tricky matchup potentially. I would like to see him play Wolf. That would be a fun one, just big banging back and forth. Uh, that I just think that's an electric matchup there. So, but give me Tiafo from the bottom half. I want to see Tiafo solidify himself as a top two, top American, and. To see him and uh, Fritz 
battle it out in the final would be it would be electric and i think that would that's for me that's what dallas needs right there i like it one versus two seats we're staying consistent here i know that's boring it's super boring but i mean no it's a good pick it's a good pick i mean look (sighs) i like chapeau a lot it's an interesting draw again Wooey Bing coming off of Cleveland last week. How much gas will he have left in the tank? Does Mo have the weapons to hurt Shapovalov? Fritz is playing so well, but Sock, and then maybe you face the big serving of Eubanks. It's just like that's no fun matchup. Then maybe you face the big weapons of Shapovalov after that. I do think Shapo yeah. gets through the top half. <sighs> Shout out to, to SMU's Liam Crawl, a wild card into this event. Indoor hardcourt, Isner, not the worst thing to pick. Shout out to the Svida man, two-time Kalamazoo champion, Zach Svida. Would it surprise you to see Wolf take out Tiafo if he's to get there? No, because it's indoor hardcourt. Jay just got weapons that are that will give Francis trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm no, going to go Chapo Tiafo. Who'd you take to win the title? Did you take Fred? I took Fritz. Okay. Yeah. I'll go Chapo Tiafo. I'm going to go Chapo to get a title. It's never a great pick. Like it's that. a risk, but I'm going to take Chapo uh, to, to win the title here this You're week. You're going with the Canadian on American soil. That's yeah. Really Again, it didn't feel kosher, but it just feels like the thing to say. All right. With that said, two more events to go. Let's move back over to the women's side now. Let's talk about the WTA 250 happening in Linz. And it's the undercard to Abu Dhabi. Still a really fun draw. You've got top seed Maria Sakari, who's actually not the favorite. The favorite now, according to Tennis Abstract, is unseated Mar- Marketa Van Drusova, the former French Open finalist, 22.3%. Sakari, 21.7%. Of course, we've already seen an upset. Second-seeded Ekaterina Alexandrova knocked out by Rebecca Masarova, 7-6 in the third. You saw a good win from the big-hitting German, Julie Niemeyer. She got a three-set win over Sonia Kennan. Ali Van Utvank, a straight-set win over the talented Linda Naskova. Look, a lot of good players in this draw. I mentioned Sakari. I mentioned Von Drusova. Alicia Parks, fresh off of her title run in Lyon. Her serve, indoor hard courts. You always like it. The question is how much gas is left in the tank. Donna Vekic has been a top 20 player over the course of the past three months. Nate Dog, I ask you, predictions, players you're watching, give it to me. Yeah, I got to shout out to Alicia Parks. I mean, one of the best servers that I've seen on the women's side. It's crazy. Uh, it's it a is. weapon. But it's beyond that, it's the volleys. It's how well she attacks behind that first serve. She's so balanced on that next shot. And yeah. Just, it's it's silly. I mean, she just looks composed. I love the reaction when she won the title. It just looked like, a, even though it was her first one, just, I don't know. I just, I take away probably too much from that type of stuff, but she just looked like, yeah, like I finally was able to do what I was set out to do like a while ago and I'm, I'm here. And I think Parks is someone that could be very dangerous for, I mean, she's 22 years old coming into her, her best tennis here. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's, I know Von Drusova has got, got some goods as well. Definitely has weapons and um, a good athlete, but I, I think if Parks has the legs and the gas tank is, is full enough, get some adrenaline going again and uh, kind of ride this, this wave of momentum she has right now, that matchup against Von Drusova will be a very fun matchup if she gets there. Um, so give me, yeah, I, I really like this young American and what she's able to do. I mean, just you can tell a lot of the the girls, like I saw Keys and Pagula and Goff, like just so happy to see her smiling on the tennis court. She's she's one that's not known to show a ton of emotion on the court and pretty stoic in that regard. But 
definitely could see the joy in her face after that title, but um, super happy for her. So I'll, I'll take Parks, just just taking a little bit of homerism there um, for the American out, out of the bottom half. Um, and then from the top, I'll go with Camelia Georgie. Uh, never know when you're going to get her best tennis, um, but it just seems like it's, it's these types of weeks where she strings together four matches in a row where you're just like, wow, she is – when she wants to play well and she's got the rhythm, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. No. I mean, look, the tough thing for Parks, first run against Kalanina, coming off of the title run last week, Kalanina is the sort of athlete who can absorb that first strike. She's just going to make Parks work, and she's going to dish out a little pace of her own. Kalanina 1-0 in the career head-to-head. That's a really tough first-run match. But if Parks can get through that, things do begin to open up for her. Because, again, from a weapon standpoint, yeah, Nehemiah does have some weapons, but Nehemiah's going to have to face Kennan, then Potapova. That's a really tough third match in what would be Parks, hypothetically. Bottom half of the draw did open up. I would love to see that Von Drusova matchup. It would be really fun. I'm looking at Clara Tossin this week. Like, I'm still in on Clara Tossin. She was really injured and just never found a rhythm throughout the course of last season. Got in via a lucky loser. She lost her final round qualifying match to Masarova. Now, obviously, Masarova beats Alexandrova round one, so that's aged well. She's got Begu first round, the three seed. That's a tough first round matchup. <sighs> Indoor hard courts. I'm going to go. He's dropped, though. That's crazy. 141 now after yeah. being 33. Man, who's gonna make the finals here? This I'm is a this, go, this, this, this is a this is a pick. This is a pick. Yeah, I'm gonna me? go Von Drusova taking on Vekic. I'm gonna take Von Drusova to win the title. Shout out to Vekic repping the Donna Sport, matching yeah. her name. Yeah, exactly. No, that's again, that's the pick for you. All right, last event. Clay court underway, South American clay court stretch. We kick things off in Cordoba. There will be a couple of players just looking to get their seasons, get their games back on the right track. Of course, that starts with Diego Schwartzman. Schwartzman has lost nine of his last 10 matches. Of course, on the flip side, you have fourth seed Sebi Baez. Baez has lost three, six, nine of his last 10 matches, at least. It might be even more than that, to be honest. You know, they're what the one four seeds, and they're back on a surface. They're far more comfortable on, of course, Sarundalo, Ramos, two guys you know will have success on the clay courts. And it's all these guys, you know, the amount of Clay Court Challenger titles between those guys and ATP titles, those guys, Juan Manuel Sarundolo, Alejandro Tibilo, Tomas Martin Echeverri. You've got guys like Pedro Martinez, Christian Garin, Marco Cecinato, Diego Montiero. It's exactly the field of players you would expect if you follow the ATP Challenger Tour, if you follow the South American uh, Clay Court stretch each season. So final picks, Nate, predictions, what you're watching for. Is that Diego seems like he hasn't found his game since before Cincinnati when he yeah, he talked yeah. about he changed up his strings he loosened his his uh, attention to try and get a little more pop he needed it he needed some change there I was worried if I mean he he's on the downslope of his career it seems like and I want to see Diego have some more big wins just it's hard not to root for the for that guy but in this draw I'm looking for the surrender low brothers to be a force here on the clay um I think I think uh out of the bottom half, I'll take Francisco Sarandolo, the two seed. And out of the top, actually, is this the tournament we see the former French Open semifinalist Marco Cecinato find his footing again? You tell me. I that's I'm just waiting for him. I'm like, is he a clay court specialist? Because this would be the time for him to show it. 
He's on the on the brink of falling outside the top 100. Um, I think he could be another guy that to watch out for. It feels like he has to make one last push in his career. I mean, I know he's only well, he's only like 30 now, um, but that that's another guy that could be dangerous as he looks to kind of get his right to ship in his career. But Surrenderlo, Francisco is so tough um, out of the bottom half. I, I still have to ride with him. And then the top half, I will take Baez, who had a rough stint on the hard courts. It seemed like never looked quite comfortable on the, on the hard stuff. Um, I'll take Baez out of the top for a, an all-Argentinian final. Baez versus Surrenderlo. And I will take Surrenderlo to win that one. Um, just, man, the Argentinians, they love them some clay courts. That's that's an impressive showing they have here in, in this draw here. But, yeah, give me bias from the top half. I, I love what he brings, especially on the clay courts where it's harder to beat him off the court with pace. Um, he's just a, a, a feisty competitor who has variety and has, has some firepower himself. I'm going bias over Ramos. Ramos is just a lock to always make at least one final. I think he'll get it in this first event. I'll take Baez over him, though, because as much as he struggled on the hard courts, Baez is a monster on the play. And so give me Sebi Baez to right the ship when this event in Cordoba. But, folks, that's your week ahead. Five tour-level events. uh, WT, excuse me, ITA D1 Women's National Indoors starting on Friday. With all that said, Nate Dogg, any final thoughts? It's been a pleasure to get back in the booth with my man, AG, have a hell of a time in Seattle. It's likewise for uh, Chicago. I hope we'll be in touch before then. But, yeah, dude, have a great time and go crush it out there. Appreciate you having me back on the, on the show. A ton of fun. It's been a, uh, been a long time since I got to talk to you in some tennis, so I know we, we could have gone another hour easy. Exactly. It is always a pleasure to be joined by you, my friend. A shout-out to you. A shout-out to our dear friends at Tennis Point for their continued support. Remember, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. Shout-out as well to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. With that said, for the fantastic Nate Walrath, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Nate, what do we tell our listeners? We tell them that's the break, baby. And we will see you all tomorrow. Great having you back, my friend. Much love, my dude. Talk soon.